It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. And it's time for another installation of Black History, an inclusive account of American history by Dr. Walter Milton Jr. and uh, Dr. Joel Freeman. Gentlemen, great to have you here. Walter, great to have you back. Joel's been doing a pretty good job of holding down the fort, and a lot of people have gone to bh365.org. I uh, hear from them to learn more about uh, not only the, the the course, the book, the Texas edition, uh, but success, Walter and Joel, seems to be more and more every week uh, with adopting this book, this great exercise in fact-based history and critical thinking. So for the educator, we'll give Joel a moment to take a breath. He's been good over the last few episodes. Walter, congratulations. We're moving forward. Truly honored to be back on your show. Um, It's been an arduous, daunting uh, two weeks, I mean, two months rather. And I want to thank you for uh, the invite back. And I look forward to some incredible conversation. Thank you so much. You've had uh, some uh, movement. Uh, again, we want to get this book out into the hands, this course load out into the hands of the American people. But schools have responded as well, uh, Walter. Uh, ha- let's talk about a couple of those uh, successes. Yeah, we've had some some phenomenally um, successful experiences of late in that um, when you are able to get into the large market like New York City, then you have the potential to get some attention from from other school districts across the nation. And we've been very successful in getting into uh, Brooklyn um, um, School District, and hopefully that's going to open up the opportunity for the other boroughs and also New York State. And also we uh, were successful in getting um, one of the, I think the third largest uh, school system in the state of New York, and we're continuing to grow. Um, The state of Illinois, the state of Texas, and and just all over the country. And we have people that are committed uh, to this task. Um, We have um, senior people um, like Reginald Braxton and, and other people, Steve Freeman and and Henry Sandoval, people that are really dedicated um, from a missional standpoint to really get this into the hands of school systems and also individuals across the country. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, Joel, uh, as we get into Unit 6, you and I have uh, been talking a little bit more about this Unit 6, Civil Rights and American Justice. Uh, You know, there were so many... Yeah, there, there's the obvious. There are the stories we hear often repeated, you know, during Black History Month and otherwise. But uh, let's pull out some of the elements, Joel, of Unit 6 that people don't often hear about, including a gentleman who you have had a personal interaction with. I'll let you take it from there. Yes, uh, we, we uh, is back in, I'd say, around uh, early 2000. I was visiting a friend in Memphis, and he said, I have a friend, I have someone you need to meet. And I said, who's that? He says, Ernest Withers. <laughs> and I, um, I I really wasn't making the connection with his name, but then when he started talking about the, 
I think, I think it was like 1.8 million photographs that Ernest Withers took uh, uh, during that uh, time. He was legendary at his time of the uh, blues and soul and rock and uh, roll music scene. Uh, the historic photographs of, of civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King and the participants in the uh, Memphis 1968 I Am a Man sanitation worker strike, uh, all of these different things, like 1.8 million photographs. And the thing is, is that he lived in, uh, in Memphis, which was like 275 miles away from Birmingham, about 330 miles away from Montgomery about 310 miles from Selma, 385 miles from Atlanta. Little Rock was only 140 miles away. So he was in the epicenter of that whole time. And uh, he could get to Selma very easily. And so um, he came alongside Martin Luther King, and uh, he became the official photographer. He was a former police officer. What happened is that uh, in we wanted to include him in the textbook. So his daughter, Rosalind, wrote a tremendous tribute and donated a, a few of his uh, iconic images for use in the textbook. And then um, after we got done uh, putting that all together, I began to do more research on him because he passed away um, in uh, around 2007. And they had done some research, a newspaper done some research and discovered that he was a, an, an FBI informant during that time. And so it was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. What are we going to do about this? So we called some of our uh, historians and advisors, and they said, no, you've got to put that in there. So we ended up developing a section in the textbook called Ernest Withers, A Complicated Man, in additional uh, uh, obser- observations about him, because he was an iconic figure. And then all of a sudden, when he died in, 1980, in, in, in 2007, 85 years of age, we saw this more complicated side to him. And, and really, uh, I, I talked uh, not too long ago with um, Ambassador Andrew Young, and he told me personally, he said, well, he said, you know, we, we knew actually that he was, uh, uh, he was on the take from FBI. We had nothing to hide. And he says, and Martin uh, just said, well, you know, him making a little money on the side to help his, with his family. He was okay. And so it was not a big deal from that side. But for everyone else, I think it was a huge revelation. Well, let me throw a little twist into this. And Walter, I think you'll appreciate this as the educator. Uh, One of the pictures or one of the people that that, uh, Ernest Withers took pictures of was Ernie Banks. A uh, great baseball player. And I happen to know Liz Banks. Matter of fact, I've spent the last couple of days in meetings with her. She's involved in my veterans project. So, you know, Unit 6, Joel, me, we all tie together in this. And, you know, these connections in life need to be explored, Walter, even more. The Freedom Riders, Walter, I want to bring that part to you. The Congress of Racial Equality, founded by a man that I had the pleasure of knowing for many years, Roy Innes, uh, doesn't often get the headlines, but those Freedom Riders gave not only their time, but some gave their lives. Walter, do we have you there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes, um, I can. Yeah, Walter, these were people ahead. that um, really gave their, not only gave their lives, gave their well-being, their health. You know, they rolled the interstate buses into the, the deep segregated South. Um, you know, in 1961, 
Uh, these are subsequent years where they had so many challenges um, and, and they wanted to kind of keep their resolve with with being non, nonviolent, but they were willing to risk their lives for uh, justice and everything. And um, when, when I think about the quote that we started uh, this unit with by Ralph Allison, he says, I am not ashamed of my grandparents for having been slaves. I am only ashamed of having been ashamed. But I think that these um, committed, dedicated people were dedicated to the, to the end that they were going to impact history in the manner in which. And I think that their role uh, was a role that really brought things about that would never have happened had they not been committed um, to that process. You know, when we hear the, the conversations today, I think oftentimes too little credit goes to the wide swath of Americans, not just black and white. We were already a fairly diverse country in ethnicities and so many people, maybe even from a point of self-interest for smaller groups of ethnicities, Joel, saw that freedom was necessary because they were also fighting for their place in a country that, again, as I like to say, had a racist past, not a racist present, but had to evolve. Yes, and it was uh, something that happened is that SNCC, uh, which is a Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and CORE, which is the Congress of Racial Equality, they put the word out to the northern states and uh, people from, you know, transcending uh, religious lines, we had Jewish, uh, Christian, uh, Muslim, all kinds of folks became involved in this. And they were actually testing the validity of the Boyton versus Virginia Supreme Court decision to desegre- desegregate the transportation terminals on interstate highways. So they would just go deliberately on public transportation. And uh, like Walter was saying, putting their lives on the line And it was something I think that uh, when you bring people from other ethnicities involved in this, I think that uh, it just adds a whole nother tapestry to uh, to the uh, understanding of what was going on. And and there's a lot of people that that uh, were part of this whole process. I think that uh, especially children, you know, the thing that really hit me hard, uh, David and Walter, is that uh, the children were so much a part of this because when, especially during the Children's March in the Birmingham Children's Crusade on May 2nd, 1963, that literally uh, people seeing on their televisions all around the country, children having uh, fire hoses pointed at them, uh, having dogs biting them. That's really what inflamed everything. After Emmett Till, that situation happened, but it was the children that uh, were utilized. Uh, actually, they were the ones that gave of themselves, speaking of people putting their lives on the line to help promote the cause. Oh, yeah. And these were, these were about 436 individuals that participated in about 60 um, separate uh, freedom rides. And, you know, they faced jail, they faced persecution, they faced physical harm, and so much, but like Joel said, when when you look at the screen and you see children, it impacts everybody, all ethnicities, all genders, all races. It, it has a deep and devastating impact. 
Now, in this unit, Unit 6 of Black History, an inclusive account of American history, gentlemen, you have a map, uh, and it is a map that shows the school segregation laws and red, those segregated states, uh, green, the no legislation, uh, forbidden optional limited in the blue the yellow the colors are there for everyone to look at but a little bit further what was the evolution of the legislative effort at this time and i realize it's a big question a lot of answer to 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 it but in short form joel i'll point it to you first uh the evolution of legislation states and federal at this time yes um you know we had the uh the brown v board board of education uh, we had, um, you know, way back the separate but equal uh, laws uh, at the Supreme Court level. These different laws uh, helped to cause people to uh, to be segregated. Uh, in, in, and so what happened is that uh, people were sending their kids past white schools that were filled with uh, beautiful books and desks and no leaks in the in the ceilings. And then they'd go to these schools where their, their books had been used and chewed up and, and uh, leaks everywhere, uh, sometimes a lack of, uh, of lighting, proper lighting. And so that's what inflamed everything uh, to, to get the Brown v. Board of Education process going with all the families that were involved in that particular legislation. But yet this, you know, it's bringing together the state issues all together to become a national, a federal issue, as uh, that, that's really what caused things to turn around, is the collective efforts of issues in different states that, that brought this to bear. Well, gentlemen, there's so much more to this. Go ahead, Walter. No, I was going to say, just yesterday, David, uh, Joel and I celebrated because our team had the opportunity to go to uh, Topeka, Kansas, and drop their order off to them in person. And it was just remarkable, um, a very remarkable experience for them to have that opportunity. And that's where uh, that legislation had taken place. No, these are milestones and these are important uh, parts of this journey. Uh, So much outlined here, by the way, one of the cool things you guys know this is as I'm going through the units prepping for the segments, I use the QR codes and you have one in there that I wanted to bring up major milestones in ending segregation in the United States. Uh, An important part of this is it's not limited to what's in the pages albeit 1,248 pages. Uh, By the time we get to the end of this journey, we'll begin even more more of this. Uh, The success is great to see, guys. And in our next installment, we'll keep going with this. We'll keep bringing this to people, but to the audience out there, share it. Join in. I mean, to, to get into the Brooklyn school system, to expand, to deliver in Topeka. Uh, the American people, you know, we want them to have this discussion. We want them to get to the end of each unit and see uh, what, the re- what they've done, to, to look at the review, to assess how much they've learned, and as you always say, become better critical thinkers. Thank you so much. And Thank we you. really Thank appreciate it, David. All right, looking forward to the next one. Unit 7's next, Black History, an inclusive account of American history. 
by Dr. Walter Milton Jr. and Joel Freeman, PhD. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, every time we do this, I learn something new. And for all of you out there, bh365.org. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.